0: Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marsolais. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings Podcast.
1: I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and I'm so excited for today's episode. I have a really special guest, uh, somebody I've known for a long time, Colin. I might not get your last name right. Vanushlin, did I say it right?
2: That was perfect.
1: Oh, yay. Welcome, Colin. Welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: I asked Colin to join us today because he has put together an art exhibit to make fireworks accessible, which we're going to talk about shortly. But before we get into that, Colin, do you mind just telling our listeners a little bit about your vision? Yeah. As in in the site vision, not the vision for the art exhibit.
2: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, no. I, um, I have retinitis pigmentosa. And... I have still uh, a little bit of light perception. Uh, years ago, as I was growing up, I did was able to see um, many things and I don't know if I ever had normal eyesight. Um, but, and so I have memories of uh, how things look, stars and trees and uh, the people's eyes and faces and colors um, and fireworks, of course, too. And, uh, and at this point, I just have uh light perception so i can make it out if there's a a bright light um but everything else is pretty pretty cloudy and and dark for me so it's been an incremental slow process over time
1: Mm -hmm. i can definitely relate same eye condition but it sounds like you had more because i've never been able to see stars so that's kind of my marker of like yeah that's a good one
2: and i've never seen a shooting star or the northern lights which i've heard are unbelievable as well or really pretty to see but yeah Mm -hmm. so
1: okay so tell me about fireworks what's your relationship with fireworks when do you remember the first time you saw them or just how they made you feel what do you love about them
2: you know um i i can remember times that i've seen them i must have been four or five years old and they would happen out at this big field it was a dairy and i don't even remember what the occasion was but I, I think there was it was really about the light about the movement of the light and sort of the the formations and shapes that they made um and i think it was also kind of special especially as a kid being out late when it's dark and then being able to to see this kind of event and to do so in the company of so many other people because it's usually is part of a some kind of festival or holiday or celebration and i think um, from from that day on i've i've always really taken any opportunity if i've had to see fireworks and way back then i had no idea i was losing my eyesight either and i had a a lot of trouble seeing in the dark just wasn't aware of what i wasn't seeing Mm -hmm. but i did know that i could see fireworks and um, and so it was something that really had this tremendous appeal uh, to me and um, because I think for human retina, it doesn't get much better than having high contrast bright light against a back, black background that's moving and, and flashing. And so in terms of my capacity to see uh, fireworks uh, were one of, one of the things that I was able to see for quite some time
1: yeah i because when you can't see in the dark it it is there's nothing else except the fireworks right that's those flashes of light and color are all that you can see and i i used to say that too fireworks and christmas lights were my favorite visual things and ironically they both take place in the dark yeah um for me too sean yeah
2: it's it it's and, and it's about sort of the the arrangement and and the beauty of it really it's just it's something that's so spectacular in the face of you know all the surrounding darkness it's it's lovely
1: yeah so when you started to lose your vision and your ability to see fireworks what was that like for you
2: well it was you know it was happening so incrementally and so gradually it was and sometimes it's kind of hard to to tell and Mm -hmm. i I think you know some fireworks they're different colors right and some of the colors that are not quite as easy to perceive those were the first ones to go and what i would started to do throughout that time um, here in vancouver there's a big international pyrotechnics festival that happens every summer and they're spectacular the the fireworks that get displayed there Lots of people go out to see it, hundreds of thousands actually. And so it's a, quite, a, quite a jam uh, on the beaches to watch it because they're shot over the fire or over the water. The fireworks are shot over the water from the surface of uh, barges that are anchored out in English Bay, the, uh, the bay we have here. What I started to do was I would go with friends and I would teach them a little bit of vocabulary on different fireworks and how to describe the different shapes because uh, different shell shapes have different names and though you can tell the difference you know once you have a little bit of learning and so i would introduce them to the vocabulary and make them practice with me and i would quiz them before the the show and so that really started to kind of help fill in the, the the spaces a little bit for me of the things that i couldn't see or things that were happening outside of my own visual fields because I I had tunnel vision as well, right? And so mm-hmm. things that were way off to the side I just wouldn't see them.
1: Okay, so we were just talking yesterday and and that is when I learned that many fireworks are named after flowers or resemble those flowers and I don't know the difference between a chrysanthemum and a peony and a anything
2: so (laughs) how and
1: when did you learn all of
2: that well it's you know it 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 was a it was an incremental process and and i did know how much i loved to see these fireworks and there was one day that i was there and i was so um so touched by it like so moved about how amazing it was and how beautiful it all was and how how deeply i really appreciated the event that i found my way to the production area where the the pyrotechnical team and the program director and everything you know run the show and this was after it was all over and i thought i just have to say thank you to the person who put this together and i came to and they had security and i thought like, i'm never gonna get back here but then the <laughs> guy said hold on a moment i'll go get the guy for you And he brought out Frank Frank Furtado, who was the executive producer of the whole event at that time. And I just introduced myself and I said, hey, I'm Colin. I'm losing my eyesight. I have retinitis pigmentosa. I can see a little bit. And what I do see is just amazing. And it means so much to me as a person, especially with sight loss, to be able to come here and to experience this event in a in a way that is, you know, still a little bit accessible, given my remaining vision. And, and I just said, thank you for what you do. You must have been the
1: first, were, were you using a white cane at the time? I
2: had my white cane. Yeah. Oh, he I
1: must mean, He must have
2: been, must have been surprised. Like, yeah. and maybe not the kind of first thing, you know, he would expect to hear, you know, at, at these events. Mm-hmm. And he said, all right, would you like to come to the next show as my guest? And I would say, I would love it. So I came back. And he invited me to join the the pyrotechnics crew in the production area to watch the cool. the performance. So we we're still on English Bay Beach, but um, and he sat me down, and then right before the show, someone sat next to me, and she started spontaneously describing the different f- effects, and she would say, "Oh, this is a chrysanthemum, this kind of you know this is a spherical effect, and it." Uh, this particular color is very difficult to, to get, you know, um, because these, these are family kept secrets of how to make fireworks burn blue. And this particular team was from Italy, I believe. And so she went through describing one effect to another and telling me some details and some background information. And it was amazing. It was like I had my own personal describer and and technical describer because she gave me all this the details about how these things are actually constructed and made. Wow. And as it turned out, she was the technical director of the whole program. And her name was Moe Furtado. She was um, with the Furtado family who produced the whole event here. And I've stayed in touch with her since that day. And it was through her opening that door um, to to realize there is so much more to this art form than I ever ever knew about or ever dreamed um was possible and and i think that was the beginning so it was that plus you know looking up a a list of vocabulary terms to take with me to teach my friends how to be describers to me like no one no one showed up and said hey i'll i'll do that for you Mm -hmm. like i really had to kind of put the word out there and say hey this is what i want to do will you will you come be my eyes for me and, and so it just really started to unfold from there.
1: We talked with Steph from Vocal Eye a few months ago on the podcast, and we briefly mentioned the, the Fingerworks. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? How did that come to be?
2: Yeah. Um, well, Fingerworks for Fireworks came about um, sometime later after I'd met uh, the Furtado family. And my eyesight was continuing to. To diminish um you know year after year and it was at that time that i'd been working with vocal eye and had met steph kirkland and at one point you know i thought well vocal eye describes live artistic performances in theater and well wouldn't they be interested in maybe trying to describe fireworks and so i invited steph to come down to the beach with me one evening for a performance and she had prepared herself also by studying the vocabulary, learning to recognize different techniques, and she did a great job of describing them in words. But there was one point at which there was a slowly, slowly descending uh, cluster of stars that were kind of burning, and she was describing it, and and I was trying to get a comprehension of well, how quickly is this thing moving down? And I said, Hey, Steph, would you trace the speed of that out on my forearm with your finger, just so I can get a better understanding of it? And she did that. And it was just through her moving her hands or her fingertips down my forearm that it just gave me this feeling of speed. And it was at that moment that it became so clear that the verbal description really could benefit from this tactile um, physical communication component. And it was from that moment that we, we, we started talking about it. We thought like this really, let's see where this might go. And that's how the idea of Fingerworks for Fireworks was born. Um, and it was over that next year that um, we experimented with uh, some ideas and we had a small group of volunteers um, who were in the vocal eye uh, community together and four or five of us went out as people with sight loss and each one of us had a describer who was working with us and they were using their fingers to trace out the shapes on on our back um, at during the firework show it, itself so with touch then I could, get a sense of the shape of the firework or a sense for where they were in space or how bright they might be uh, just based on what you can do with the the pressure of your touch and the movement of fingertips on someone's back. And so that it really, it, it really came together in such a beautiful way. You know, it, it doesn't replace eyesight. It's not the same as seeing. But what it did for me, and and I think this is really the important part of this work and, and how it all came to be is it created or in doing this, I kind of created and co-created with other people a way to stay connected with this art form and with this activity. And even though it wasn't perfect and it wasn't eyesight, it was still a meaningful way to be part of this and and to be able to perceive it in in a way that kind of worked for me. And, I'm and- I'm
1: curious for maybe somebody who has never seen fireworks, if how you know if that like there must be there must be advancements in fireworks. There must be things that have come out now that maybe didn't exist when you were able to see them visually like, does that tactile with the description and understanding the flowers really, can you picture it in your mind when people are kind of giving you all through all those senses?
2: You know, it's yes, yes and no. Or I picture something in my mind. Right. And I don't know if the thing that I'm imagining is really what's out there, you know, and I'm sure many of us, have that experience of, you know, someone describes something and we think we know what it is until we touch it. Yeah. And we think like, wow, that's nothing like I had in my head. And so uh, that occurs here too. I, I think things do get lost in translation, but at least I have some kind of imagination about it. And I think this is kind of where the, um, earlier you mentioned the, the flowers, the chrysanthemum and peony, which are two, um, classic firework shell shapes and they're named after these flowers and essentially the firework effect is 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 a sphere um much like the shapes of these flowers are and one of them is spherical pretty much just like a ball would be and it's like a rapidly expanding ball with little points of light just like the say the little heads of of pins uh would Mm -hmm. be if they were all on the surface of some ball that was kind of inflating rapidly and each of those little pinheads would be a little point of light Um, and the chrysanthemum is also a sphere like that but rather than being sort of um, a ball of light each of those pinheads you see uh, the the a, a stick that connects them all together in some center point and so it's like a a a ball of spikes, essentially, or a ball made out of spikes. And each of these spikes is visually is composed of light. And so having flowers that I can get my fingers into that kind of represent these kind of characteristics of those kind of shapes is is, is helpful for me. And even though I've seen those effects, it I find it helpful to communicate to other people, hey, this is kind of one of these um, characteristics the difference between the ball stars that we have in the peony which don't leave a streak of light behind it and the the uh, comet stars in the chrysanthemum that leave these streaks of light behind it that so based on touching the structure of it you might be able to imagine what the appearance would be visually a little bit better.
1: Okay I've often heard people talk about a uh, waterfall and it's usually those down low ones. They're like a darker yeah. color. I've yeah. never, I've never been able to see those.
2: Yeah.
1: What the heck is that? And, and oh. I mean, who has touched a waterfall to even know what a waterfall looks like? <laughs>
2: well, some of us have, you know, if you, if you have a um, if you've over overfilled uh, like a backyard swimming pool and water's streaming mm-hmm. over the edge or you know, you've come across uh, a, a a fountain down in a downtown thing where you can hear the water rushing over the edge of something it's to feel all that water energy rushing down it would be similar like if you had say you have a dozen garden hoses all aiming downward at the same time mm-hmm. all lined up in a row and you put your hands underneath them or like a dozen different shower heads all in a row and so you could feel the, the energy and the movement of that water just streaming down. So
1: how does that translate to
2: fireworks? Well, in fireworks, there's an effect that is literally called the waterfall or a Niagara Falls. And rather than water, it has sparks, um, sparkles of light that are streaming downward and that it would weather it. And that looks exactly like a waterfall mm-hmm. visually. And the sparks would be similar to little droplets of, of water. So if you had your shower nozzle on spray and you're getting all those little water droplets falling down, you know, in, in a line, the waterfall firework effect does that same thing visually. Um, but it's done in, in, in light and in this case in burning pieces of, of, of light that are illuminated as, as, as they tumble down. That's and so, so cool. this effect, when they do it here on English Bay, it comes over the edge of a barge, like a long shipping barge that is anchored out there in the water. And so you can see that you know as um, this long row or a of, of of the waterfall.
1: It's actually coming off the barge, like it's that low and and dripping it's, into yeah, the water. Yeah, it's
2: literally coming wow. off the side of the barge. They you have a a a bunch of they're actually like tubes that are side by side each of these tubes is filled with a material that when it burns it emits this kind of silvery white color sparks and they just come um, squirting out the bottom of these tubes Um, and they're all lined up side by side so you get this whole sort of sheet of what looks like water flowing over the edge of the barge Um, wow Some cities will do the same effect over the edge of a bridge, for example. Yeah, That's very
1: cool. Okay, so I love your descriptions, and they're definitely giving me a better idea of what fireworks look like, but you have created an exhibit to make them even more accessible, including a tactile component. Can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah. The exhibition is called Project Fireflower, and what it does is it reveals the shape of different fireworks in forms that make them accessible to people who may not be able to see them. Um, and they are, of course, accessible to people with eyesight as well. And so, what I've done is taken some different classic firework shells and showed them. In a way that with your fingertips, you could kind of get an idea for their overall shape and in in so doing sort of start to learn the difference between how a chrysanthemum shell might look versus a peony. There is another effect uh, which are called comets that are like these shooting stars and um, a variety of different shell shapes are are featured here in this exhibition. One of the things I've done with that too is I've also worked with um, light. And so for, for myself and many many of us with sight loss, we still might have a little bit of light perception. And so I've tried to show the shapes of the fireworks by illuminating the pathways that the fireworks would take um, if, if you were to see them in the night sky. And so you can get a sense for where they start and where they end up. And you can feel these pathways with your fingertips, because they're engraved in uh, in a tactile panel, uh, which is made out of acrylic. So it's all designed to be touch friendly. And these panels feature seven different classic firework shell shapes. And then also in this exhibition, I have what's called a tableau. And this is an arrangement of fireworks in space where i've used plants and and these are all faux um, that is imitation plants but the plants themselves take on the shapes of different kind of firework effects so that if you've never seen the fireworks or maybe haven't really seen them well through through touching them you can kind of get a sense of the characteristic of what that light might look like if we could translate light into a physical tactile form. And so the tacto or the tableau is a whole scene then where we have some fireworks at the bottom, including a waterfall, which I just described. And then we have effects coming above the waterfall, which are called comets. And they look like big um, shooting stars with these big fuzzy tails of light and flower heads up at the, the tip. And above that, we have hanging effects that are called a shell of shells, which in the fireworks world is something that uh, opens up, sends out all these different burning burning little shells, and then they break open again to reveal more strands of light. And so taken all together, this is like a scene in a fireworks display that would be somewhat comparable or at least inspired by what we would see here at English Bay in Vancouver during the celebration of light.
1: Wow. That's so cool. I can't wait to check it out. Um, yeah. Maybe I'm sure other people will want to check it out if they live in Metro Vancouver. Where, where can we, people see this?
2: You know, the exhibition is running currently at a gallery on East 2nd Avenue. It's called Grunt Gallery, G-R-U-N-T. The address is at suite number 116, and it's at 350 East 2nd Avenue in Vancouver, BC. They have a website, it's uh, grunt.ca. And the exhibition runs from uh, Tuesday through Saturday, noon to five uh, on those days. Admission is free. The entire exhibition is accessible uh, to people with mobility impairment, to people without eyesight. There's a few other components of it that I think are really worth noting, too, and that is I've included or I've uh, included with the assistance of my co-artistic team, which included Carmen Papalia, uh, an artist from from uh, Vancouver, Whitney Mash- Mashburn, the curator, Michael Liss, who is a designer, and Leanne Zanier, uh, the artist who worked with me on creating the tactile panels, Um, what we've also done is designed audio accessibility uh, components so that people can listen to a verbal description of the firework effect while they touch it with their fingertips, so that you would get a sort of a little verbal commentary of, what the effect looks like and how it unfolds over time and what its characteristics are Um, and so that's a that's a nice addition to it we also have a table where we have just some faux flowers and a metal sculpture that really gives that you can hold on to and so you can feel with your fingers the the shape of a chrysanthemum shell if it were uh, uh, made out of metal As a firework and then there's some other objects that refer to different kind of characteristics of the how fireworks might uh, twist or rotate um, when they launch. And then, finally, there is also a video display that runs that is a bit of a documentary Um, it's not fully described, but it does give a sense at least of the sound of fireworks and there's some some verbal narrative components to it as well.
1: Okay, so I mean you knew you wanted to make this tactile in some way what was the process of figuring out like what you were going to use in in this display or just like how did you just how did you come up with this this is pretty incredible
2: well it's um in part it started through feeling flowers and when I was when I had first met Carmen Papalia and we really connected actually at a Fingerworks for Fireworks event um, in 2019, um, when Karim, when I was, and he wanted to to find out more about what I'm, what I was interested in, and and my whole passion for fireworks, and I mentioned to him that, you know, I had this ambitious dream of one day being able to choreograph my own fireworks display, uh, as sort of crazy as, and as run unreasonable as that is, it's still like this, this ambition of mine that hey, like would love this to learn to
1: call in this podcast is called limitless. So there's no crazy <laughs> ideas here.
2: <laughs> right on. And so at the time that this is a, a little bit of a story here, but it's kind of interesting because at the time I, I was just completing my PhD in psychology, which was a tremendous amount of work. And I'd happened upon a sighted volunteer who was willing to read to me as I was completing my uh, research and my writing for my my uh, PhD dissertation. And when I got the my degree done, she turned to me and she said, well, now what should we work on? <laughs> and I said, well, since you ask, I've always wanted to kind of work on designing a firework show. and." So we set about doing that without really knowing technically how to do that. But what we did know how to, uh, what to do well together is communicate. And so I was able to describe to Maureen in words what I could imagine seeing. And she would sketch them out. She was a retired artist. And so she knew how to draw and she was using a high contrast silver gel pens on black paper. So I was able to kind of make these out, you know, with enough light. And we would talk about the different shapes of firework and we firework shells that I can imagine all the time listening to a piece of music that sort of was my dream song for doing this kind of work. And it's a it's an older and longer piece of music called Awaken by the progressive rock band Yes. And so we would listen to Awaken. We would hit pause on the CD player, talk about what I would imagine, and she would sketch it out. And then sometimes I would say, Well, I'm thinking about something that looks like a um, sort of like a a, a twist, like a screw or like a corkscrew. And then so I would grab the corkscrew and she would like sketch out the helix pattern of that, that rotation pattern on the corkscrew. And then other times I said, I'm thinking about something that I guess it kind of looks like a spider plant, which is a plant that has all these long vines come out of it. And then each of those long vines has other little vines that come out of the bottom of that and so happen to have one she would sketch it out in the notebook, and then I would make notes on my computer. And in that way we sort of worked out some of the creative basics of uh, an outline for a fireworks display. that kind of set the stage for these conversations with Carmen and I always and I didn't really do much with that you know because I had other other things on the go in my life too um but I never lost my my dream about that and it was in the context of this that I met Carmen I told him this and he said wow this all sounds so interesting you know what if we go to a garden and, and take a look at some flowers? And so we did, we went to and Gardens, and also the uh, Dahlia Garden at um, Stanley Park. And we got toured around to look at some of the, uh, the different flowers that were in bloom by the horticulturists that would show us by touch the shape that fireworks have in the sky. And so you could kind of when touching the flower, it's like you're kind of freezing the movement of the firework in time. And so you have through our own fingertips, it just allowed us enough time to really explore, like how does this thing move or what, how does the the, the light travel? And then when the light creates a sphere, what is, how, how does it do that? And so we're using fireworks and grasses and different kind of viney plants to portray those different characteristics of the movement of the firework shells.
1: Wow. I mean, yeah. how does it feel to have this in, like, it's there. It's like, it's, you did this. <laughs> John,
2: it feels crazy. It's it, like a year ago, these things were ideas just like there I just like I was talking to you like oh one day wouldn't it be neat if you know Mm -hmm. or oh boy wouldn't it be cool if and now there's actually it's a gallery exhibition and I really have to thank Carmen and his team for having sort of created the support structure to make this happen and his area of work of course is about disability arts access and he's really interested in in tactile tactility or tactile access uh to art and so this was a great opportunity for me to develop my own sort of vision of how fireworks can be understood um, to audiences that might be viewing the displays without using their eyesight but it's not it's not just something for the blind and I think there's a lot of people think oh okay that's you know just for the select group this is a display for everyone because it's an invitation for any viewer to take a closer look at what fireworks actually are like when it comes to the the structure of light that they take in the sky Mm -hmm. and it sort of slows down time and it gives you kind of a quiet space really to take a much closer look than what many people maybe have ever done and so are you are you
1: are you hoping people will close their eyes when they go through the exhibit
2: yeah Yeah. it's not required yeah but i yeah i did go through it with a friend just the other day and she closed her eyes, you know, as she was feeling it. And she was showing me things, she grabbed my hand. She said, Colin, Colin, look at this, look how this star goes like this. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it does do that, you know? And (laughs) so it was, it was very cool. And then I also saw like when it was difficult for her to follow and, you know, not everything is as straightforward as, as you imagine it would be Mm -hmm. with fireworks and with the whole process of creating the exhibition, but it was, it was really, it was neat. To see her kind of experience it both with her eyes closed, and then she opened her eyes, and she would also listen to the verbal recorded descriptions of the the effects uh, that we had made for the tactile panels.
1: Yeah, that would really help to be able yeah. to sort of be talked through while you're feeling it.
2: Yeah, exactly, and and to take and really to take your time with it, you know, because it's it's a learning too. Um, and the tactile panels, they are two-dimensional panels. So it's like looking at a long exposure photograph. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've, you know, some of us have have seen them where you have of fireworks at the dark when these brilliant streaks of light. So the panels have that kind of visual appearance. Um, and it's like we're looking at those by using our hands and our eyes and and our hearing uh, to do so in, um, through the interaction of all those, you know, to, to gain a, a, a bit, a better and a, a, hopefully a deeper understanding of this art form. And like, in some ways, fireworks can be unnerving for some people, or they're loud, or, you know, it upsets their, their pets and, or they're unexpected. And, and I get that, and that occurs. And then also, There's a tremendous amount of sophistication and complexity that goes into it. And it's an art form in and of itself, especially the display fireworks, which are the the ones that are launched here during the big fireworks um, celebrations, um, either at New New Year's or in the summer, Mm -hmm. or sometimes at weddings and other holidays and community festivals. And actually, even in this exhibition, the Fire Flower Exhibition, I have on display some real uh, authentic fireworks launching mortar rack assemblies that will give the, the viewer, and you can touch them, an idea of what the, what the equipment is that actually launches these shells up into the air before they um, explode open and um, catch, uh, catch on fire and emit the light um, that we, the viewers can then see.
1: That's so cool. So blind beginnings is going to invite our families, our local families to come out and, and check this out on November 20th. And I'm definitely excited to experience this. I, I had no clue. (laughs) There was so much to it. I don't know what I thought, but yeah. Um, super amazing. And I'm so impressed with what you've created. Um, are the, is vocal, going to continue the fingerworks fireworks in the summer.
2: I, I I hope so. I'm I'm uh, have it on my calendar. They did announce um, that the fireworks were planned for the summer. Of course, I think things could change. One never knows. But um, so far as I can tell, we're we're good to go with that. And to be at English Bay for the fireworks is it's a pretty intense event. Um, and it's it's thrilling as yeah. as well. And so, when people do go, you know, we set things up in a way that we, we're all guided and uh, we're in it together. And it's loud and it's intense. And they have a musical back uh, um, musical background that goes along with the fireworks. And so, it's a very fully engaging kind of event. So, um, maybe we will see you there one day too
1: hmm I'd love to check it out. I used to go to English Bay for the, for the fireworks when I was, you know, 19, 20, I don't know mm-hmm. in my twenties, but yeah. not so much now, but yeah, it was super fun. I I'd love to. Well, so you can check out Colin's exhibit until December 11th, right?
2: That's right. It's, it's running uh, until December 11th, Tuesday through Saturday, noon to five at Grunt Gallery on East 2nd Avenue in Vancouver.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, Colin. Thank you for joining us today and sharing all this. Thank you for creating this exhibit so that people like me can check out and learn more about fireworks. I really appreciate you being here.
2: You're very welcome. And it's been a pleasure to talk with you about it and to share it with you and your audience. Um, Look forward to seeing you at the show.
1: You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please share our podcast with a friend, like, subscribe, and join us next time.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted along with their families.